What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the A Show with your host, Justin. That is myself and Mills. We are here for episode 19 of 19, Baby. Come on. This is we here. We here. This is it. Incredible. I, I can't believe it. Um, I, I think I mentioned it two weeks ago. I was like, man, we're at our 20th episode. I don't think I've ever done 20 shows of, of anything in a row before. Um just an incredible accolade for for the A show, especially for you. Who I mean, I, I'm just new to the multiple podcast game, but you you're in you're in like the hundreds of of two belts. I'm almost dead. <laughs> I'm almost dead. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a long ride. Um, shout out to the Two Belts podcast. I also do with Carlos. You can listen to that on SoundCloud as well. Um, yeah, I've been you know hammering. Oh, this is what happens. You get a new mic and things get crazy all right are you okay i'm gonna keep I, this I, no i'm fine i'm fine this is this is a new experience I, it took me 19 episodes to get a mic and here we are and then you just dropped it on the first one i'm gonna keep all of that i'm not i'm not letting any of that go that's, <laughs> that's golden right there we're keeping all of that shit oh my god Cause that's what we do. Uh, we, we do some some editing on here where it edits out like the weird stuff, some some crazy shit that you'll never hear. But we're gonna keep that outtake. I just think it's funny. I'm gonna keep that one on, on record. Cause I always have to always have to like fix meals. Is like, all right, hold on, let me go punch somebody in the face in another room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll have to do that this week. This is hopefully we don't. But I've definitely given. 21 year olds like very bad looks because i hear noise in the other room and there's not supposed to be any noise so <laughs> this is what happens uh well, speaking of, of broken and, and falling and dying i am very sick today i'm powering through this i am hopped up on theraflu and juices theraflu is good stuff man you you do you do well theraflu before they took out the stuff that was you know, could also be used to create massive drugs. Yes. Theraflu is so really better. It's, it's it's still good now, but you know. Um, I, it is super potent. I burnt the top of my fucking. You know, you're supposed to like drink it back. Oh yeah, you're supposed to heat it up, dude. Which which flavor you got? I have like lemon. Uh, lemon, lemon is the one. And I put honey in Even it. Even though it has the it has the first the bad taste in the beginning. The first taste is the worst. It tastes like piss. yes. And then after probably a couple more sips, you just used to it. Like you're just like, this will get me better. Yeah, but I'm trying to like drink it so quick, and it's like it's the worst. And um, my girlfriend actually sent me like juices, like a juice shot, to to my job. And I took that, and I've I, I damn near like passed out. Like that shit, I didn't know that she hit you in your chest. Like it's like a real ass shot. Oh yeah, I had some um, had some. It's probably not as strong as yours. But anything with really garlic in it is gonna <laughs> not yeah. garlic, um ginger. Anything with ginger in it is really gonna smack the shit out of you. It, it had ginger in it and it had cayenne pepper in it. Oh, so yeah. even that's doubly worse. The cayenne pepper is worse than the ginger. Cayenne pepper yeah, it, will have you there for a moment. I still have one more juice to drink because you know it's with I guess drink the whole regimen to like feel better. But uh so I'm I'm gonna be drinking that as we record the show. And uh, we have we have quite a pr pretty interesting show. It's been a pretty interesting week in wrestling uh, as a whole for the nineteenth episode. But for the for the twentieth, uh, before we, what do you what do you what do you think you want to do for the twentieth, or do you, do you just want to just treat it like it's another show? Maybe you do something right. for twenty-five. Maybe do something. No, for I, I, I want to do something for the twentieth on on the Two Bells podcast. We definitely had something for twentieth. Twentieth is a milestone. The com yeah. Committing to anything for twenty weeks is a big accomplishment. Quite honestly, week by week. Um, if anything, I don't know. I don't know yet. But we maybe we get like time. a maybe we maybe we do twenty, and then we have like a, a like a, a new season. Like we have a new song. We have like a theme song. A new like maybe we just read because like we we build this show from the bottom up. So like we got a logo seven episodes ago and then we have all this other stuff going on it's like we we kind of change every so often and, and i feel like the show is kind of finally becoming into its own maybe we yes. just maybe we just like the growth is the celebration of the show okay i'm fine with that you know what i'm fine with the the moral victory yeah <laughs> well i'll still think of something over the week and, and maybe we'll we could probably have some some friends call in or, or whatever or some listeners call in but 
maybe we'll, we'll think of it as, as the week goes on, but we definitely want to thank before we start the show, like everyone for listening for 20 weeks. It is a joy. And, and, um, and tell really, your friends, by the way, tell your friends, tell your Mark ass friends yeah. um, <laughs> who also watch wrestling and tell them to listen to the podcast. Cause this is pretty good. I'll be honest with you. I, li- yeah. I, I don't listen to much of podcasts that I'm on after I'm on it, but this one I kind of do. Cause I feel like I sound smart, even though <laughs> there are a wide amount of people who disagree. No, uh, a lot. Trust me. I hear about it. And that's the best, the best part about it. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this, this is this has been like a labor of love and, and a passion, and this is something that just started really randomly. And I feel like I'm doing the, the episode 20 speech before episode 20, but you know, this is something that we that we did for fun, and it's just become its its own thing, and people just look forward to it. So, thank you, thank you guys. But no let's problem. get let's get into no holds barred for this week. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the new Japan. Just the storylines that have been building in New Japan for the past two weeks. Are, are you familiar with any of it? All right. I was familiar via this very great thread about the um the history of the Golden Lovers. There was yes. a there was a thread on um Twitter. Maybe I'll re- retweet it or something again. There was a beautiful thread about the story of the Golden Lovers and why it's like one of the greatest, like, you know, potentially gay tales in wrestling. Um Is it but and- I- I think people are like they're 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 pulling the chicken before the egg here. Like, I don't think they've explicitly said anything. No, about they it. haven't. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a good part of the story, even if they don't say it. Is it, who would you know? It's a it's intriguing. They're not denying it. You know. Yeah. I well, I think they. I do think they need to be a little bit cl- clearer and and not be so obtuse about it soon. Mm-hmm. That could. I just see it potentially being like a, a thing. And, and I know that pe- people want it to be a certain way. And I know that they're looking at, at a lot of the being the elite skits or like the re- most recent thing they did where they, they zoomed in on an open closet. But I think that's a little bit more like tongue in cheek than what people are taking it as. Like they're not, they're, they're taking it as like a real like shoot. And it might be a word. It's very shoot. All right. But, <laughs> but um, I do know that they're f- supposed to face the young bucks pretty soon. Yes, uh, and and basically last weekend they had the first of their ROH uh, co-branded shows. There were the Honor Rising shows that were topped off by the basically the implosion of the Bullet Club. The first night had a a three-way tag with uh, the Golden Lovers, and I believe it was Adam Page. No, no, it wasn't Adam Page. It was uh, the other guy, Chase. Was it Chase Owens? I think it was Chase Owens. One of them. I'm gonna take your word for it. I, I'm I'm blanking here. I'm tr- trust me. I'm sick. Versus um Cody and the Bullet Bullet Club, and then the second night um had the the more I, I feel like the, the better storyline with uh, the Golden Lovers going against Marty Scroll and Cody in the main event, which I thought was an excellent match. I think that Kenny and Coda have not missed a step as far as being a great tag team. Face Kenny is great. I think Face Kenny was, was always a, a really good face um, person, and I I. I'm kind of struggling to think of which was better between his heel persona and his and his face persona. The face persona did a lot of comedy shit, and I hope he doesn't start doing the comedy shit again because his heel persona got over for the great matches. But from what we've seen here, I really enjoy that that tag team match. And I think Cody, even you know, I'm I'm not too high on Cody. He had a, a really great fucking showing in that match, just being a heel. He finally has something to sink his teeth into. And he has a really strong program with Kenny here. And I, and I think it's working between both of them. But at the end of the match, uh, which the Golden Lovers won with their tremendous uh, new finisher, the the Golden Trigger, where they both basically, the opponents on their knees, Kenny and Kota hold their, each of their opponent's arms, and they both knee them in the face at the same time. Oh, my God. It's fucking insane. But uh, after that match happened, the Young Bucks came out and announced that they were going to move up to the heavyweight division, which is huge because they are seven-time junior junior uh, tag team heavyweight championships. Ah, shit. I, I just fucked all that. They're, they're seven-time junior heavyweight tag team champions. champions and they, they basically hung up their jerseys, essentially, on, on one episode of Being the Elite, and they're now facing...
But I do think that Ibushi is going to win that. And, and Mills, in case you didn't know, the New Japan Cup is a tournament that happens uh, usually in March where the winner of that gets a title shot for the April pay-per-view or the April event, I believe. And essentially, wow. I think that might be Kota Ibushi versus Okada. I think if I'm a betting man, I would... I'd say they let Ibushi beat Okada and have it be a, a very long storyline leading up to Kenny and Kota actually facing each other at Wrestle Kingdom next year. This is going to be good. I mean, I, you know, I think it's a, I think the programs they have right now is a little bit interesting as opposed to, you know, I mean, it's a, I'm I'm for it. I'll I'll be here watching it. <laughs> are Are you going to watch it? Are you, are you going to be watching the Long Beach shows and stuff like that? Um, yeah, if you if you, you know if it, if there's nothing else on, sure. I mean, it's not that I hate the show. It's right. it's the, it's it's some it's gonna be some of the best matches you'll see this year. I'll tell you All that. Right. It's it's obviously airing at a sane hour because it's going to be broadcasting in America, so I won't have any problems with that. Um, yeah, I'll watch it, no doubt. I'll watch it. When, yeah, I just need a date. When what is this? The Long Beach Show. Um, I think it's March twenty. I think it's the last week of March, twenty eighteen. It is Strong Style Evolved. It will be on March twenty fifth. Yeah, last week, March twenty fifth. March twenty fifth. I'll mark it down. I'll be there, which is yeah, Sunday. I'll be there. Of of course. What else is happening that Sunday? Not WrestleMania. <laughs> nah, that's the week after, which is insane because the week after that and Mania weekend. And, and I feel I really feel for these guys. And New Japan because they have to be they have to go up and down Japan and the U.S. for the next month essentially because of all the events that are going on. But right after that, you have Mania Weekend and you have the big show with uh, Supercard of Honor for ROH where you'll see Kenny Omega versus Cody, um, and that's going to be insane too. And that's also taking place at the same time as NXT Takeover New Orleans. I mean. <laughs> Listen, New Orleans is going to be a hot ticket. So, you know what? Just get in where you fit in, honestly, because, you know, it's a, I think either show is going to be an amazing show for WrestleMania weekend. I think all the shows really, um, it's going to be a very, very good night. Yep. Uh, and the next point I uh, want to talk about, speaking of big tickets, Rey Mysterio is also going to be in New Japan next oh month at Strong Style Evolved. But there, he's also allegedly, and this has been debunked uh, really as soon as, literally as soon as I wrote this down on the, on the sheet today, that Rey Mysterio was possibly gunning for a WrestleMania match against John Cena. Because that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I, th I think it makes no sense at all. I don't know why he would angle. He's like, hey, why don't, you know, are you, if you bring me back, I mean, he's already been angling in terms of, uh, in terms of bringing them back, it's like, oh, a money thing. It's like, you yeah. know, it's a negotiation, it's dates. It's like he doesn't want to work as much. But to think that he's angling for a match with John Cena at WrestleMania at the beginning of March, he's already he's trying to have these negotiations in February when the WrestleMania card is pretty much all or damn near close to all figured out at this point. It's, it's just insane to actually believe. Um, plus, the match doesn't feel like a WrestleMania match to me. It feels like a... A nice a little backlash encounter, yeah. You know, a great balls of fire, or something, something crazy like that. It doesn't feel like an actual WrestleMania type feel match. Yeah, uh, and and as you as everyone knows, the WWE was in California this week for all of their main shows, and Rey Mysterio was rumored to be backstage at SmackDown yesterday. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. He was not. He was not. Dave Meltzer. Not? Yeah, Dave what? Meltzer confirmed that he was at home. And he was not back in SmackDown. I, I'm not sure. In, in his, <laughs> his, he could have um, he he could have been there Monday. He could have he was definitely wasn't there yesterday. I know that for sure. But we'll get to that. And we'll get to that in a second. But I I do think that you know whoever Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated. He's always like reporting stuff and like not backing down from it and always doubling down on it. And especially when he's wrong and he's been wrong like a lot lately. Yeah, he's been quietly wrong. Like it's like a lot. And writing long, Super you, you, writing long, long pieces of non-facts, non-truths, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then it's it's like 
you know, it, it becomes an it becomes an issue where it's like you're reporting something like this and it's kind of like fucking with your credibility. But Ray Mysterio apparently isn't angling for it, but he is in talks. So the John Cena main event or, or match on WrestleMania is still up in the air, and we'll get to that in a second. But that's yeah, I, I still think don't get me wrong, I still think Ray Mysterio could show up at WrestleMania. And once again, I'm a proponent for that. I'm I'm someone who thinks that Ray Mysterio, if there is ever a time to return, similar to the Hardys last year, it would be at WrestleMania to get that big WrestleMania pop and maybe even the night after WrestleMania. But I'm for Ray Mysterio at WrestleMania. Just against John Cena, it seems kind of wacky. Here, uh, here's my here's my take on if what best moment for Rey Mysterio would 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 be come out after the end of the two of of the cruiserweight championship and challenge the uh the the new champion. Eh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not I'm not um I'm not totally against that, but then I feel like just him going backwards as a cruiserweight and now the cruiserweight is the motion, but I mean, he's uh, quite honestly the greatest cruiserweight of all time, but I feel like he's to be, I guess, marginalized by 205 Live roster. I think it's not a good look. It's it's a good look for 205 Live, but it doesn't necessarily hold the same like sort of weight for Rey Mysterio. What does it do for his career more so than the, you know, the show 205 Live? That's what, that you just said it. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> to nah, I mean, but but it, it, it's good for 205 Live. It's good for the WWE. But what is Rey Mysterio getting out of it? Like, what he's, is he's Rey a part time? He's going to be a part timer anyway. So he, I, could, I he, could, he, he could be a free agent. That's true. But like, not enough eyes are on. If you want Rey Mysterio, who sells merch, who sells things, you're going to want that. Eyes that puts on the him. cruiserweights back on Raw, though. That puts them back on Raw. Um, I think they've written them out of Raw completely. <laughs> No, they haven't. They, they, there's just no room for them with that tournament going on. And, and with Mania season up, they would have gotten minimal looks anyway. I think the tournament is the best thing for Cruiserweights right now. I hope I think they transition them out of Raw, to be honest with you. I don't think they need to be on Raw anymore. I think there's... They're, I'm telling you, they're probably not off Raw. I, I'm, I can assure you of this. These, this is probably just a temporary thing until they uh, get the Cruiserweight champion uh, situation settled. Okay. Right. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. You're probably right, but, you know, we'll see because I'm always wrong, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> and and our last point for No Holds Barred, did you watch NXT last week with the tremendous main event between Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas? I did watch it. Um, I was glued. It was one of the rare times that I decided to watch NXT live. I usually don't. Um, I tuned in today and then just tuned out. I was like, I could probably watch this later. Um but yeah, I saw the the ending to, you know, Johnny Gargano losing against Andrade Cien Almas for the fourth time in a row. I mean, for the, you lose to anyone four times, I don't think you're granted a rematch or be able. <laughs> you should be able to walk, you know, in the arena anymore. But he's lost to Cien Almas four times, lost his championship shot, and lost his place on the NXT roster. So where does Johnny Gargano go from here? Yes, uh, tremendous angle. I was super excited to to see how they pulled this off when I saw it in the spoilers a couple of weeks ago. And look, I'm glad to say they did it excellently. They are allowing Johnny to finish off of his prior engagements, and that would be the NXT house shows on their loops because they still do need him to pack out houses. So they've been basically doing a tag match or a mixed tag match between, uh, between Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano and Zelina Vega and Andrade Almas. Uh, which has been getting really rave reviews. And he also, every town he goes to, he says goodbye. And I think that they're really milking this angle, rightfully so. Now, you know, This isn't milking in a bad term, but I think it's a great angle to do this on. And there's, I can't think of a better sympathetic babyface to do this with than Johnny Gargano. And I love that Tommaso Ciampa, who did come out during that match and cost Johnny the match, I think his return to social media and his his character on social media has been excellent as well. I, I love the story. It, it's making me want to see the match even more. I think it's a it's a good departure from what Tommaso Ciampa was. I think now he has an image. Now he has sort of a um, a character, a very cold. I mean, he was called the psycho killer anyway, but now it's like fully fleshed out. I think you know is 
his entire demeanor has changed. His entire look has changed in a bit. He's gotten way more cut, way more strong. He just looks way more evil. I think um, I'd be surprised to see how this sort of goes from here. Does Johnny Gargano eventually return to NXT, as we all think he probably will do, just because we've seen wrestling angles for the last 60 years? I mean, how many losers leave town matches actually resulted in the loser leaving town forever? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a uh, or does it does he have one more you know one off match if i'm booking it i'm booking unsanctioned street fight at new orleans and just like johnny gargano's one you know it's a it's it's a match but it's not necessarily sanctioned by nxt and he's not a contracted nxt talent and maybe we start moving him to 205 live maybe i don't know what do you um, think i I think that just looking at the way that this card is going to shake up in the next couple of weeks, the amount of matches they have on takeovers and the amount of matches that we know are going to happen, I don't know, unless they make this show supersized, I don't know where this match would fit. I have my Mm. suspicions that they will do this match, but I also have my suspicions as to whether uh, Ciampa is healthy or not yet. And interesting, I because we haven't seen him do anything physical, and I think that's well, this what's is true, yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm assuming, um, they're hoping by the time he will be cleared, by the time it is NXT New Orleans weekend. And I mean, this is just all assumption. I we, mean, we do have, we do have two more episodes that are running now, we'll move them to March, I believe, yeah. And from there, we have two more. So we have the go-home taping, so to speak, and we'll see what happens there. But I would love to see Gargano and Ciampa. What's wrong with your mic, yo? Yeah. What's wrong with your mic? Oh, I'm. I've been adjusting the mic. Listen, I'm getting new. I'm getting. I'm getting adjusted to this mic. Don't. It's a. It's a learning process. I know. I can hear you though. But um, what was I saying? I can't hear me, so <laughs> yeah, I can I can hear it. Um, yeah, I see I see this match based. I see it happening. I just I'm just not sure if it's going to happen in New Orleans or not. But I, it would be excellent to have it. Maybe Johnny come back and he say I need to have one more match in NXT, and it has to be against Champa. And then you have the match. It happens, and then whoever wins wins, and have uh, Gargano go on to the main roster and have Champa stay because I think Champa is a, a great heel for the company and for the that brand um, going forward. I think so, too. I mean, another one. Yeah, I think he is. Just another one, another great heel to the already, you know, stacked roster of NXT right now. So I think it's good. Um, and, you know, just in case someone goes up, he, he can certainly fill that spot and become one of the main attractions of NXT. Or even if he moves up, who knows? Um, but, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, the next, I guess the next part of the show, uh, did you watch Elimination Chamber? Yes, I have. I mean, you know, I, I've watched Elimination Chamber. Uh, I, I was not, as we talked about last week, we were not fully, I mean, we thought the matches would be good, but we didn't really, you know, think of this, you know, as a sort of major must-see show. I mean, we we thought they had the the female, the female. I'm learning not to say female. I'm learning to say women. Problematic women. meals. At first, they can't jump over the rope. Now they're females. The women's um, elimination chamber and the women elimination chamber kicked off the elimination chamber pay-per-view. And I thought, you know, I thought for the first time in this match, I think all six women did a great job. Yeah. What do you think? I I prefer the women's elimination chamber to the men's. I think oh, it yeah. had a little bit more meat to it, so to speak. And I think that the storylines that they were telling, like there were really no stories told in the male in the the men's elimination chamber. And that remember, like that was the one I thought we would get our, our feuds out of. Right. But we, but- we get we got more substantive uh, story building from the women's match itself. I thought Bailey was tremendous in the match. I thought Bailey, I thought, you know, I thought they didn't capitalize on the on the things of the team thing before, besides probably Sasha and Bailey. I, well I guess they did with the absolution girls, but they were out yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Um I thought I thought one of them maybe could have lasted longer or something of the sort. But I feel 
you know, like, um, you know, I think we got a wealth of story beyond it. And the person who won, the person who should have won, won, I think. Yeah, I, th I think we, we both predicted Alexa. I'm still muddled, and, and we'll get to this on the, the Raw review. But I, I, just, I just turned my Alexa on. Oh my God, is Alexa? Is, did we mention Alexa Bliss and you just Alexa? Just yes. Oh my God. She's talking right now. Wow. I can't believe it. I, I have to watch that. I'll just say Bliss from now on because every time I'm watching a pay per view or I'm watching Raw or something and they say her name, it will turn on. This is an amazing uh, discovery that Alexa Bliss controls your Alexa device. And first of all, oh, you, have you an just Alexa turned her on. Bliss. You just turned her on. Never mind. Wow. Never mind. Never mind, Alexa. <laughs> Never mind. <Sorry. laughs> See? Stop the, saying your name. <laughs> the bliss could control um your Alexa. And shout out to you, Heaven. Oh, I keep saying it. You said it, you said it again. It's it's my echo. <laughs> Let's just say the that. Bliss could control your Amazon device. And um you know what? Props to you for living in 2022 when we're all living in 2018. So, so comfortable, so comfortable uh, and, and easy to use. And I, I talk to this <laughs> machine whenever I want to find out something or I want to uh, figure out how what like the definition of something. She will always be there for me. But one thing that I do want to get to about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is the Oscar Nia Jax match, or just in general, the fact that there were women featured so prominently on the show. All of the big angles had to do with women on the show. Oh, yeah. I think it was, first of all, it was another great encounter between the two. It might have been their best, actually. I think, you know, Asuka fighting from underneath, I think she, she you know, it, it's probably one of the better... Um, ways to sort of use her in these match. I mean, we've seen her so often dominate the match, but when she has these competitive matches like with Nia Jax or Sasha Banks or Bailey or um, uh, Ember Moon, she really, you know, she really delivers a great match. And I thought they did it as well. And I even thought the the post match to it all added another element to it and added completely, you know, make Nia Jax look strong even in defeat. Yeah, I. You can't keep having her lose these matches, and I think yeah, you brought this up so countless sad. times. It's, like, it's so trash. Like she continues to lose these big matches that mean things, but she loses all the matches that doesn't mean anything. So it's kind of like, where does she go from here? I mean, if she was on SmackDown Live, I think she'd be ruling as a queen, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Charlotte would have, get the best of her, but you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and of course we we can't not talk about the Ronda Rousey segment and kind of compare that to what happens on what happened on Raw. I thought that segment was super rough up until the point where she kind of turned off the plucky baby face, oh gee, gosh, golly, wow, guys. And she actually started killing motherfuckers. And we'll get to that angle in a second. But what did you think of her initial her initial uh, promo with the WWE? It was very awkward, and I compared her to having the mic skills of Linda McMahon, <laughs> where Linda McMahon is uh, just – you've seen her through years, and don't mind. I popped for Linda McMahon. I mean, I popped when she slapped Stephanie. I popped when she, you know, get out of the chair and kick Vince in the, you know, in the groin at WrestleMania 17. I popped huge for Linda McMahon, but she is someone who does not grasp the fact that when you are in a WWE ring, you are, you are a performer – and she never performed. And I think it, it was the same for Ronda Rousey. I don't think she realized that she's a performer in the ring. And you got to, you know, you've got to, uh, what's the word at least? You got to project that sort of emotion. You got to really project everything um, when you're in that ring. And I, I, I don't know if she got her lessons yet, but she, you know, another trip to NXT would probably do her some good. Yikes. <laughs> she's not, listen, she's not going to NXT. <laughs> Let's just tell you that right now. She's not going to NXT. Um, but in in the main event of Elimination Chamber, we saw what we all we all knew was going to happen. I think that it kind of, to the detriment of the pay per view, kind of dampened it a bit. Even though you know, because we had expectations for other things to happen, even though we knew so Roman. Cool. 
I thought it was cool as hell. Like, I mean, granted, everybody, I'm sure people didn't want Roman to win, but I've known this was the story for so long, and I actually do want Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, I do so- too. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that outcome. I think that look at who you, and they have the tendency to do this so many times where you you mortgage away your stars to make to prop some people up and and in this case you you mortgage them away you had braun basically squash five guys in the match he eliminated five people the most ever in any elimination chamber match and then that goldberg and and then he beat and then he gets beaten by roman and i get the story of why it had to be roman and braun at the end because those two have been going at it for a, a calendar year at this point and roman has not really ever bested him and even at the end of the pay-per-view he didn't best him but you feel like he's one of roman's biggest opponents ever just in terms of feuds i mean absolutely against seth rollins and randy orton but i think braun the feud with braun Strowman is just never ending yeah, and it it should always be <clears throat> like Peter Griffin and the chicken, you know, like that's, that's it's on site at all times with those two. Like they they get it, they know, but to have that happen, you 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 killed Balor, you killed Miz. I forgot Cena was even in the match. Um, Elias is whatever, and then more than anything, you, you killed. Talk about stuff. the great visual of Cena though, and the, just the visual of Cena of the door closing on him at WrestleMania, and the and the and the the great imagery. I've been I said with this last week, John Cena's in that part of his career where, because he's an actor now, things are just way more dramatic than they need to be. Like very sixth season of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know, over dramatic. And this was just the continue. This was so dramatic of just the door closing on him and WrestleMania shut out, and he's just questionable about his future, like he isn't John Cena or something. Yeah, I sure it was a great shot, but who who really remembered that he was in the match? Who even thought that he was, you know, gonna make it and make an impact in the match? I think more eyes were on Finn and Seth and and Roman and Braun more than anything. And like I was about to say, like. You had Seth Rollins going an hour in, on, on Raw, you know, the, the week before or, the, or a couple of days before. And then you just beat him in the Elimination Chamber. Like, it just makes him look like that. That didn't even really matter. It didn't even mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. But like, I think I'm, they had this as again, a plan all along. I think I like, they had I, this as a plan all along. I'm not mad at the outcome. The way we got there is so shorthanded and ham-fisted and – I, I just I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the stuff they did with Braun that that That's night. The road to WrestleMania, man. That's just <laughs> the way we get there is not always cool, <laughs> but we get there nonetheless. Yes, and, and speaking of getting there, we're going to get to the weekly shows uh, from Raw to SmackDown, which I attended yesterday for this week. But before we do that, because I really want to hear about the SmackDown you were at, man. Oh yeah, yeah, for for sure. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk all about that in just a couple of seconds. We we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with you guys on the A show. All right, guys, we are back on the A show with your weekly recap. Meals, are you ready? Did you watch all the shows? Are you prepared? I watch most of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> I watch most of the show. Actually, I don't even know if it call, uh, considers most, but you know what? I watch. I, I I know what's happening. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, we're gonna run through from, from Anaheim, and it had all of the Elimination Chamber fallout that you know we we were all waiting for to see what what was gonna happen on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, let's start off with the Ronda Rousey segment that actually ended the show, uh, and I'll go I'll go on like uh, in order of importance. I think the Ronda Rousey, Rousey segment that ended the show where she comes out, uh, Triple H and Stephanie come out and they are basically looking for an apology from Kurt Angle. They said that he lied the night before because the whole impetus of this storyline is that Kurt Angle- What a snitch. (laughs) Purposely revealed that- For uh, no reason. That was just so weird. (laughs) It's so, he's in a weird spot. And I think the whole storyline with with this is, uh, even though I'm not a fan of him potentially being Ronda Rousey's tag partner in this, this big match that they're planning, but they, she, you've got to fire him up because he's looked like an idiot for the past this year. Is, 
I know, but he's also Kurt Angle, which is another part that makes it work kind of in a way because he's always been goofy. WWE Kurt Angle is always goofy. So him just deciding, hey, but I don't know why, just out of the blue. But, you know, it was just so interesting. But, yes. It was random and funny, too. <clears throat> However, in in this segment, she comes down and uh, it, it, it it's like a real – big sports entertainment thing. I think the most important thing to to remember, or not remember, but recognize is that Ra- like Ronda really improved to me over the night before. I thought she was better, definitely. But I there's definitely still a lot of just like greenness about her. But they, she definitely improved in terms of what was the, the point she was supposed to get across and how we got there. Yeah, I, and I mean, they're throwing it to the fire. You know, and they wouldn't do this if they didn't have any any trust in her. I think that she came off a lot more confident. Um, I I think when she puts on that that angry face, she's money. Like there's no one better with the facials than than she is as far as letting like conveying a message to the audience without saying a word. It's almost to a point where I don't really want her to talk because just her body language speaks volumes. Even just the way she stands and, and imposes in, uh, herself in the ring is great. And and I think that it's. It's really, it's really going to be cool when she gets it together and she gets it clicking. But the, the end of that segment saw <laughs> Triple H cold cock Kurt Angle <laughs> and run away. He gave him a club punch. That was so, that was peak Triple H, by the way. That's like something that Triple H would do. You know, it's just this Triple H and Kurt Angle feud. I mean, not to mention, this isn't the first, you know, sucker punch that he's given him. Um, you want to, Re- turn back the clock and revisit Survivor Series where Kurt Angle is, you know, Triple H is the reason Kurt Angle was even eliminated from the match. So it's a, <laughs> it's, it seems like we're obviously leading to something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there would be all but forgot about the Survivor Series finish with Braun Strowman as well. But I, I thought it was a strong closing segment. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued by this tag match. A lot more intrigued than I was when I initially heard about it. I love the way they're building up to it. I think Stephanie and, and Triple H are the perfect shit heels to do this with. And I really like that they put Ronda in more than just the, you know how they'll, they'll hide Brock until the end? Oh, they yeah. had her They had her at an actual backstage like talking segments where she was talking with Kurt and stuff like that. And it makes me a little, a little bit more confident that she will be more on a weekly basis than Brock is, kind of like when Ken Shamrock came on. Right. I heard she even changed with the female roster. So, you know, it looks like they're incorporating her into the main roster pretty well. And she's, you know, she's she's doing her best to just, you know, earn her stripes. That's dope. That's really I didn't know that part. Um, let's let's talk about this Roman Reigns promo, which is like everyone's saying is is a shoot, isn't a shoot. It's the it's most in- worst shoot ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a work shoot as well. I think it's a great work shoot also. And I think it's a, it's a great use of that. I hate that term, but it's a great use of it because it's helping Roman garner some sympathy that he did not have going into this match by painting Brock as kind of like a, like a someone, a figure that doesn't really give a fuck about the business. So Roman came out for his promo, essentially called a Brock Lesnar, a glorified piece of trash. <laughs> who only cares about the money and he doesn't care about the fans. And, you know, he did the same thing that John Cena did to the rock a couple of years ago, where he's, I'm always here. He's not here. He's only here for the money. That's why I don't respect him. And just the way he delivered the promo to me, a lot of people are calling it his best promo ever. I'm inclined to agree. I don't, I don't think there's a debate. Yeah, I, I actually do agree. 100%. It was the most yeah. comfortable that we've seen him on the mic. And it was the most honest and truthful. I mean, you know, we talked about it eventually that on one of these future episodes, we're probably going to revisit the Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns feud from a few years ago. But it's like night and day compared to both. Yeah. And I, I like I said, I'd love to revisit Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns from from the beginning. I mean, that it's it's been a turbulent road for these two, just in terms of their feud, in terms of just the reactions that they get in terms of who they are as performers. And this promo kind of set the stage for what we what we could be getting. I hope you don't get this every single week. I know Brock isn't actually scheduled for next week, but he is scheduled for the week after that in Detroit, I believe. But I think that it's a great way to start framing this. We have we have six uh, six weeks left to go until Mania, and I thought this was a strong start. Now the big rumor was that you know was Rock really at the building because Roman says in the promo something happened and Brock left. 
a lot of people were saying, you know, Brock was there and he left early in the day because there was he was in the script. And then some people say he wasn't there. I believe that Brock wasn't there at all. Um, I believe that he was not at Monday Night Raw. I believe once the picture between with him and Dana White surfaced, yes, um, I, they might have been some sort of real reaction to it, and I feel like it was expressed in that promo. And they decided, hey, we're going to take advantage of this. I think probably if if there's anyone to sort of mastermind behind this, it might have actually been Paul Heyman because it feels like something that he would um, sort of, you know be able to take something that happened and make something huge out of it and make this sort of intriguing, you know, way to make Roman Reigns garner this, you know, this very organic and real support. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Brock Lesnar was there uh, behind, you know, on Monday Night Raw, but I also, you know, believe they told him not to show up. Right. Uh, more More on Raw, we had the beginnings of the men's, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Intercontinental Program, with The Miz doing double duty uh, on Monday night, going against uh, Rollins and Balor and being beaten by both. That's right, your Intercontinental Champion. It's beaten twice. (laughs) It's literally they double down on the trope of um, the champion gets beat and everyone earns an opportunity that way. But I thought there were fun matches nonetheless. I thought both matches were fun. I thought it was a cool opportunity. I thought we got a little smarmy um, Finn Balor out of all of this, and we got a very Absolutely. impressive Seth Rollins out of this. He continue his role of, in just the momentum of just being one of the most exciting guys on Monday Night Raw, and The Miz has a genuine gripe um, with everyone in the match, so I thought it was pretty cool. And I like that we transitioned away from The Miz versus Braun Strowman because I think this is just a way more interesting program than that ever was. Yeah, I I was I I'm all for them tearing the house down. I hope they don't add anybody else to this match. I thought that the of the of the matches or of the of the matches uh, on Monday, I liked the the Seth Rollins one a little bit better than Finn. I think they're doing something with Finn. I th- I really do think they're they're onto something. I even if you watch like the the extras that they do after the show ends, where he's like, you know, Finn had a, a YouTube extra where he was just like, you know, you got to go through me to get to the IC title. I saw and, that. I saw that. They're really doing something with him, and I think it's subtle, and I think it's great. I'm just, I just want them to be a little more heavy-handed, if you will. Picture me saying heavy-handed to the WWE, but I want them to be a little bit more heavy-handed so the fans can start to see that he's changing. I and, agree. And I think that Seth and Finn is a, is a great – it's going to be a great feud, and I would love for them to have this feud, but with Miz in the middle saying, hey, worry about me because his whole, his whole character is everyone overlooks me. And – it's just a perfect way to put two workhorses in there with really someone that can carry the promos in the Miz and the match should be amazing. I, I, I would want them to make a, make a, a stipulation with that match though. Hmm. Like I a ladder. Like a ladder. I feel like, you know, it'd be crazy. I think, I don't know. I have, I have weird stipulations. Don't mind me. What's what? What a fucking Iron Man match! I, I'm Mills no. book. It's the Mills booking section. I would have um, the way Kurt Angle book it since Kurt Angle seems to hate the Miz. That the winner, if you if you need to win this championship match, you must pin Miz, and Miz can pin any of the other two to retain. But the you have to pin Miz. But then it, it's Cam that buries Miz. Miz. That buries Miz. Though. That buries Miz. But also, I feel like Miz is gonna win anyway. But you know what? I, I weird booking. I told you this. Um, if the if the demon is in that match, uh, Miz is not winning that match. Oh, easily. And I think he probably will. I mean, WrestleMania, his first WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, I think I think Finn will definitely will will definitely win the the title or come out with the title because you need but i just don't know if you'll swap it from a heel to someone who's about to become a heel you know what i'm saying i think Mm. i think it'll go to seth and then it'll have finn turn on seth or something like that i could see that because you're just handing it to another heel. like at that point you're just handing it to another heel and then what does miz do there are rumors of seth rollins making that heel turn so who knows nah they're building seth to be like big face he's i would hope so He's going to be a big face. Well, uh, one more point about Raw. What in the fuck are they doing with Asuka? So here's my, here's my, uh, here's my take on this. Um, I initially thought that Asuka would announce who she's going to face at WrestleMania 
um, last night. But I think they're waiting on the Charlotte Ruby Riot match at Fastlane. I agree. I agree. So, uh, I, I think we're literally sitting on our hands until March 12th, maybe, or 11th, or whenever Fastlane is. Um, but we're literally sitting on our hands till then. So I think they're just kind of biding their time with this Nia Jax beef and this um, Alexa Bliss beef. But they're, they're essentially building to an Alexa Bliss um, Oscar match, but we don't actually know if it'll happen. And the WrestleMania match, if she does pick Charlotte, will seem more than rushed. Yeah, I, I will. You don't need a lot of build for that, for the Charlotte match with Oscar. I think Charlotte needs to start throwing some jabs at Oscar's way. I think, you know, just acknowledge that this is a match that could happen and start building it, you know, building things that way. I don't think we need to wait until Oscar makes her decision to to really start getting things in gear, or at least it'll make it seem a little bit more realistic. Right. I, I the rematch next week on, on Raw. I would love for them to kind of set a look, set a, even with the, like their rumble winners to me seem very ineffective right now. And I think it's time for them to start heating the rumble, the rumble winners up. And in and, and Nakamura's case, it's starting with him right now. But in Asa's mm-hmm. case, she's kind of like, just making the decision. I like the raw, the, the raw announcers are, are prematurely, in my opinion, announcing that she's going to go against Alexa. And Alexa thinks that she's chosen the, oh, I said Alexa again. She turned on. No, you turn on. There you go. But, <laughs> but I, I think that Asuka and Charlotte is a stronger move, and I think Naya and Bliss is the better story. So we'll we'll see what happens. But speaking of stories, I mean, we have the potential to get yet another like big match, singles match for the women with Sasha and Bailey, which I think they've built up really excellently over the past month. I thought the the nice touch of having Bailey be the one to sort of leave Sasha Banks hanging. It's a nice touch. I think it's a it's it's the first time in a long time we've seen Bailey show a little bit of backbone and not somewhere not just to get trampled over, or beaten up, or anything like that. Like she did at I mean it's at Elimination Chamber, she essentially got double crossed, and she's been double crossed how many damn times? So yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a it's a good time for her to show backbone, and it adds a little bit of layer of dimension to Bailey. So I think it's it's good. It gives you a reason to cheer for her. Right. And let's move on to SmackDown Live, which emanated from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I actually attended the show live yesterday. I can't remember the last time it was in Los Angeles. Seven years, I believe. Seven years, I think. Which is crazy because they do Raw in Los Angeles all the time and never show up on SmackDown. Yeah, and they're in LA a lot. I mean, uh, pretty much a lot of the we're, we're getting the Survivor Series this year, but. You know, I have been to two Raws in L.A. Since then, I went to the Raw in July and I went to the Raw in December. And this is the first SmackDown. So I attended, I attended SmackDown. You won the show to attend, by the way. I'm just yes, it, it, was a, it was a better, I won't say it was a perfect SmackDown. I think that since your expectations might be like at the bottom of the bottom for this show, it might have blown them away. There was some rough stuff on this show. Uh, I think the main event kind of evened it out, which I thought was a great main event, even though it wasn't up to to the standards of, you know, those two guys, which was John Cena and AJ Styles, what they've done before. But I oh, thought yeah. the, show, the show was incredibly fun to to be at because, you know, you, you got to see a lot of really cool story development, but you also got to see the stories get muddled a lot more. Um, and I'm, of course, talking about the John Cena storyline. And I think that we were all guessing when John Cena announced that he'd be attending SmackDown after Elimination Chamber, that he would be challenging Nakamura for his Royal Rumble title shot. They completely swerved us on Tuesday. Then they had John Cena come out and basically beg for a title shot. Shane McMahon gives it to him in the form of, if you beat AJ Styles tonight <laughs> with 90 minutes, uh, no, uh, 90 minutes notice, then you'll be inserted into the five-way title match at Fastlane. And that was our main event. Um, John Cena, of course, won the match and beat AJ Styles, which, once again, like I said, you keep beating your champion. And now it's a six-pack challenge. I, This is completely fucking, like, it's muddling this whole thing. Like, there are too many storylines right now in WWE that are overlapping each other. John Cena's is the most, con- like, convoluted of them all at this point. Because you can't have him lose 
and he's, you know, you can't, have, but he's going to have to keep losing all these big matches. Like he's going to have to lose a fast lane again. So what's the point of doing this? I, I feel like if you would have given him the Nakamura match, it would have been a better match and it would have been a more, you could have seen why he lost it went, and it would have made Nakamura look strong. So it just makes it look even worse that he's doing all of this and going to another show and trying to go to the elimination chamber and stuff like that. Like, I think the John Cena storyline is actually making the SmackDown shit a lot worse than it is. Um, I thought John Cena's addition to SmackDown made a world of difference <laughs> just because there's an actual star on the show. No offense to the guys that are there, but I think a lot of us are pretty much used to the main roster and just John Cena added a little bit of rather fresh air. But I do agree that he's sort of muddying the sort of uh, the main event scene. I think him adding to his addition to the match makes it, you know, it, was, it makes it more important. It makes it way more important, but I also feel like, yeah, it's a. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this necessarily goes. I think he, it, I think if they went with Nakamura, they could have, you know, built the story a little bit more that he really wants that WrestleMania match, and he doesn't even have to beat Nakamura for his championship shot. He has to beat Nakamura just to be inserted yeah. into the championship match. Um, but I think. Now that you add him to the championship, it's like, does he now he's fighting for his 17th championship at a fast lane pay per view? Yeah, you already know it's not happening. You already know it's not, it's kind of not happening, so it's 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 weird. Um, I do think they had a tremendous, they had a tremendous match, which was actually uh funny because USA had to cut to the unsolved show right after SmackDown, and so you could hear like literally, like you could hear them. and I was like close, like you can hear them talking, like saying, like we got a minute, we got a minute, because they were they. I think they had on the on the actual show that you can see on TV. They had the, the countdown, right, the showing mm-hmm. the show start. So they do the beatdown angle where Dolph Ziggler comes out and hits AJ, and John Cena gives them the AA. John Cena is rushing to pick Styles up. I think this is where the show ended for you guys. He lifts AJ Styles up because he wants to pull. He wants to put his hand up. Does he put raise his arm? The, sh- the fucking, you know, when it, during wrestling live events at WWE, it goes dark when it's it's commercial or it's time to, to change the mats. It goes right. dark as soon as he lifts AJ's arm up. And then Cena and AJ just kind of stand there, look at each other. And they're like, what what just happened? Like, are they so just cut it, us off? So for the, I think for the way it ended, it ended, it definitely ended with um, John Abrupt. Cena giving the AA to Dolph Ziggler. And then I think, did AJ Styles go up to the top rope or something? No. He was somewhere. Oh shit! He did. He did. He did. He yeah, did. He gave, he gave Dolph a, a phenomenal forearm. I'm sorry. He gave Dolph a phenomenal. That's where forearm. it ended. It ended right before he gave him the phenomenal forearm. Like it was yes. so weird because it looked like he was attempting something and then it just kind of ended there. So what a weird. But I mean, you know, they don't ever do overruns. I guess on Tuesdays. I guess that's USA is like they got they have a hard out. They yeah. they have they had the fucking hardest out for Biggie and Tupac last night. Oh, like yeah. easily, easily. Listen, they cut the thing, numbers. But, uh, yeah, I I hope that it starts to make sense after this. I I just wanted to get to the Undertaker shit. Oh, shit, we didn't even mention that on, on Raw. Oh, he, he he attempted to challenge the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> and then said he couldn't. And then I was just like, really? This is, really? We're supposed to believe that? Well, they're not. Well, I mean, they wouldn't tease it without a payoff, I think. But I, I, I do believe that they, we need to get to it. Like, at least do, like, a lights turn off, uh, like, tease or something like that. Like, I need, we need a tease. Like, at least give us something to, to go off of. Because right now... It shows up at Fastlane. I think that would be cool. But I don't think that'd be dope. That would be dope. Because the, here's the thing, like, Cena can't work this alone. And it's... It's not do- the reason it's not doing it for me right now is because it's so unbelievable to me. Yeah. 100%. Um, the Usos and New Day promo from SmackDown also one of my highlights of the show. I was originally and I and I you know even when they announced this match a week a week and a half ago or a week ago, I was against it and this promo brought me right back. You had the Usos doing their you know, their, their promo style talking about how they've been on the sideline for nine years and they've never had a single uh, WrestleMania match. And then the New Day basically re- retorting, or rather Big E giving, to me, one of his strongest performances in, in years on the mic against the Usos. And, and it 
I was automatically, I was all in. I was all in on that promo. I think it's, uh, and I was on the same boat as you. I was like, oh, great. We're getting a rerun, like a rerun um, of their match series from last year. Um, but I think, it, I think it was a great promo, and I think it worked for all teams. And it was just the weirdest thing when the Bludgeon Brothers showed up because they are not part of the match. But, you know. They didn't have a match. They didn't even have one, right. So it was, kind of, it was even more weird. It was like. But maybe they're just looming in the background. Maybe there's something sort of being set up there. But I thought it was a great, you know, I thought it was a great segment on SmackDown, which happened very few and far between, apparently. Yeah. And we also had a Shinsuke Nakamura return from wherever the fuck he, he's been at for the past three weeks. And he took on Aiden English. And I think his first match in quite some, was this his first match since Royal Rumble? Shit. Um, it had to be. Had to be, yeah. It it was it was his first match since Royal Rumble. I think he, I think he teamed with AJ. Ah, he did SmackDown after, but it's really it's it's been since that week, since the week of the Rumble. Ah man, the, it, he had a pretty pretty solid uh, match against Aiden English. Uh, all signs are pointing to Nakamura pr- probably going against Rusev at Fastlane, which I mean that's cool, but. Counter- just make the guy a face already. Why are you doing this to him? Yeah, yeah. I and not only that, having having him get beat by Nakamura. Well, Nakamura needs quality wins. Not saying Rusev isn't a quality opponent, but he's not looked at in he's the not a quality win. No, he's not a quality win. Yeah, he's not a quality win at all. Like a John Cena win, even though he's beaten John Cena before, is a quality. Well, you know what? Actually, you know what, Meals, and I'm and I feel like shit saying this, and and I feel like this should. <laughs> Put me on record for saying this today. Let's give, do it. give Nakamura his fucking win back against Jinder Mahal. That's his quality. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking that. I was literally just thinking that. Like, how come he hasn't gotten his wins back against Jinder? He's never gotten his wins back against him. Like, that is the easiest storyline to pull. Jinder comes out and says, Nakamura, yeah, because I'm the one who beat you. You couldn't do it against me, so you can't do it against AJ. Have Nakamura beat that demon. And I don't, I don't understand why this isn't this is this. I could be booking this. Like, it's not rocket science. Have Nakamura beat strong guys going into it. Have him beat Randy Orton. I think because Ryan Ward isn't writing SmackDown, so that's not why it's happening. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you're damn right. You're damn right. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm all for Rusev at Fastlane, but not in this sort of capacity. Um, Absolutely not. You know what? I'm here for Nakamura returning. And, and just, I think those are all the the hot points of SmackDown. How did you enjoy the show? Just overall, just enjoy. Did you enjoy yourself? Was it amazing? Yeah, I had a, I was having a pretty bad day uh, before I went in and I went in and I really, I really actually enjoyed myself. Uh, um, Wale was heckling people from, from the, the moment we stepped, he was heckling Corey Grace, got a, got a rise out of him. He was heckling Sasha Banks. You can actually see that video on my Twitter. He heckled the shit out of Sasha pretty, pretty much all night during the uh, mix and match challenge, the, their match there, which was a fun match, by the way. That's the first time I've probably watched a full mix and match challenge match. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a good match. Um, you know, we're here to save those dogs, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty. You know, they I'll have, say they this. potentially they have potentially fucked that up by making Oscar streak a part of oh, a mix by, match. by pointing it out completely. Yes, they fucked it up. <laughs> Like now she can't lose. Yeah. So now those rescue dogs are as good as save. Like we're <laughs> saving them damn dogs. I'm telling you. We're, it's, uh, all these dogs, man. I'm, uh, I, if, if Miz and Oscar win, I'll donate to rescue the dogs. I'll donate to that. Just like straight thoughts of, of what like crowd reactions, like Nakamura, uh, AJ and Cena by far the top three. I think KO is a little bit more subdued than it was when I, when I saw him last at Staples. What but, about Josh Dumel or Duke Dumar, whatever his name is? Silence. They like Biggie's. Uh, they like Biggie's rap though. Oh, okay. Love the new day. They they love the new day. They were they were all in. Listen, this LA crowd last night. They were ready because I mean we don't you know we don't get SmackDown often, so we don't see these guys unless it's a pay per view. Yeah. So I they were excited to see all of these guys. Even um even in New York, we don't get SmackDown that often. We get the SmackDown after. Um, SummerSlam after SummerSlam, but everyone's burnt out the entire week that they're not even going to go to that show. So we rarely even get SmackDown. So it's it's kind of a treat when they show up. 
Yeah, and I I thought it, they they were all in. They like very little people left for the mix match challenge and two five live. Uh, there, I will say that two five live was a little bit uh, quieter at certain points, but like during the the final stretches of certain matches, like Roddy and Callisto, they turned up for that and they really enjoyed the the Roddy uh, and Callisto match. I, and I thought that was probably, if not for Cena and AJ, that might be my match of the night. I have to go watch the damn match. <laughs> I've so not good. watched any of these tournament matches at all. Like I've, I've been terrible at it. So good. Uh, it, it had Roderick Strong going over Kalisto in about 10, 11 minutes. I, I, I thought it was a really strong match. I think Roderick Strong by far is, is sliding into Neville's place as the workhorse of the actual brand. I agree. I, I, I agree. really, uh, really enjoying the stuff there. I, and uh, you also had... Go ahead. He's a permanent fixture on 205 Live now, I'd have to assume. I hope so. I, I really hope so. And and I hope that they don't look at and I and I don't think he would either, but I, I hope that people don't look at that as a demotion. Because this is a chance for him to actually show his ass and then potentially make that show and make it his show. And I think that's right. you know, he has all the he has all the talent and all the, the power to do that right now because both of his matches on this tournament have been absolutely incredible. And I think with the match he has coming up in two weeks against Cedric Alexander, who beat TJP uh, at last night's uh, show, will potentially be a, an incredible match because these two have actually gone against each other many times. Oh, I'm, oh all right. Then I guess I'll tune in for that. Shoot. Yeah, the, these two have they, – they've, they've been at it before. Um, I want to say PWG. I'd, I'd, I'd believe so. I, I don't want to see see the so. PWG or ROH. Um, they, no, yes, it was definitely ROH because they had a they had an excellent match to me uh, at Best in the World to uh, maybe 2013 or 14. But I, I think that they have really good chemistry. I, I, I really love uh, Alexander and Roderick together. I agree. Let's uh, let's see this happen. I'm I'm happy for 205 Live. Yeah, great show. But all 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 in all. Th- they knew what was up. Road Dog knew I was coming to SmackDown. He knew I was coming. And he turned up. Yeah, he obviously turned up, or maybe he just didn't show up and someone else booked SmackDown. <laughs> Can we talk about Daniel Bryan going home after like 25 minutes? Like I walked in on that segment and I was like, what's why is Daniel Bryan leaving? Daniel Bryan looks weird. <laughs> he just looks weird. He's in this awkward phase where his hair is like half grown and he dresses like just a high schooler. An old, old forty-year-old high schooler, and <laughs> he just looks weird. But I don't know why he's going home um, in the middle of the show. It just seems very weird. Are we building towards something? I feel like they're going to drop this. I, uh, I don't. I, I think Road Dogs. The end game for Road Dog is a big question mark. Is it's like what's the ending of this? He's like I have no clue. There's nothing that seems to be building for these two at WrestleMania for sure. Not a match. I don't know what what's going on with it on last night's SmackDown, but as far as anything after that, like I just wish they would just wrap this shit up and and turn somebody at this point. I think so. Yeah, somebody, one of these people. I think they're trying to develop an exit strategy for Daniel Bryan. Oh, really? I don't know. I think that's what we're heading towards. I think maybe he's the one who turns and he's the one who gets banished from SmackDown because his contract is up and it does not look like he's resigning because it does not look like they're going to let him wrestle. Right. And he said if he was not if he's not in the ring by WrestleMania, this chances are he will not be cleared for the ring and chances are he will leave. So maybe this is the build up to an exit strategy for Daniel Bryan. Yikes. He has uh I want to say he has around 200 days left on his contract, so it's like, it's getting real. It's getting real, very very real. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for the, the this week. Repeat that. Do you have a match of the week this week? I have a match of the week, and I want to say this match because I was reading Twitter on Monday, and I read the the tweets from a fellow gentleman of mine, uh, someone who you know I do respect. That goes by the name of Stack Guy Greg. And he said that The Miz, while he is the second longest Intercontinental Champion of all time, has not had one memorable match in any of his reigns. And I would like to dispute that. So I would like to point everybody to No Mercy 2016 versus Dolph Ziggler. Oh, God. The greatest Miz match of all time. 
And I would also like to point people to Battleground 2016 in a fatal four-way match with Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and The Miz. And I want everyone to report back to me who won those matches. Uh, so, Miz didn't win them. <laughs> shout out to Stack I Greg, who's clearly wrong in this situation. But you know what? We'll see what happens. Uh, I think for my match of the week, I'm going to have to go ahead and point everyone to go watch um, go watch the Honor Rising main event between the Golden Lovers and Marty Skrull and Cody. Uh, if not for just the storytelling, yeah, definitely go watch it. I mean, if not for the storytelling, then the incredible work of uh, Kenny and Koda just – Seeing the difference between face Kenny and heel Kenny is, is really cool and it's really great in a lot of subtle different ways. They have great chemistry together. Like I, I think that they are a great tag team already. Just you know, from being years off and not being you know not tagging for a really long time. And I think there's a lot of intrigue there. And I, I think Cody really did a great job as far as being a heel and Marty Scroll being kind of like stuck in the middle between his two. Um, his two Bullet Club or former Bullet Club friends fighting each other. I, I think it's just great storytelling. I, I think, you know, it's very early in the year, but this is strong contender for best storyline and best feud of the year so far. You know what? I think I'm going to believe the thread and that they are actually secretly in love. And, you know, that's that's what invests me in this, this story, the underlying story. I love stories, um, you know, so... I, I, I believe most threads on Twitter, like the one that says <laughs> Avril Lavigne is dead. Wow, um, I completely believe that. Um, and love, I, I want to choose to believe this too. I want to choose this, to believe this in all my heart of hearts. Love who you want to love, you know. It's love who you want to love. Big facts. But yes, next week we, we we will be back with the A Show, A Show twenty, the twentieth episode of this show. Not sure what we're gonna do yet. The, everything we pretty much do with this show is is, is, is kind of spontaneous. So whatever we do, it'll be a surprise to you guys. And just like on WWE SmackDown, you'll get it within 90 minutes notice of what the main event is. <laughs> <laughs> but we will definitely be doing something for, for, for A-Show 20. Um, Meals, anything else you want to add? Um, no, nah, man. I mean, just, you know, keep up with RNC. Keep up with all things RNC radio. Um, Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the second episode of RSPN is up. Last third week. episode third episode will be out the day after this comes out thursday so and we have rnc radio with you and josh this week has made its triumphant return yeah uh, i i chewed i chewed josh out for the first five minutes about uh, his hollywood tendency so then make sure you listen to that and also listen to josh potentially uh curse someone to overdose on drugs on that show as well listen it's a this is something that i have to tune into i've not tuned in yet but i'm it's, i'm subscribed I'm subscribed. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to listen. Um, we also have the RNC radio podcast um, playlist, actually, that's con- consistently updated. And we have another one coming down the pipeline this week. Um, dear women, you are appreciated. So tune in, to, tune in for that. Wait up for that. Um, and we just have a slew, of po- a slew of playlists coming out this entire March. We planned it out. And it's really it's going to look like a really fun month if you're really yeah. into music. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on iTunes. The link will be in the description and on SoundCloud. Oh, I said SoundCloud, but subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify as well. The, the, all the links are, or all the relevant links will be in the description. You can follow me at OG Johnny Five, and you can follow Meals at Meals TV. That is M E E L Z TV. Until next time, guys, we will be back with the 20th episode of the A Show. It might not be something to you, but it's everything to me. And that's all that matters. Shout out to Alexa. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. Come on, man. Chill out. Until next time, guys. See you later.